Welcome back to DCOM Cool and Collected. I'm Kelly. And I'm Elizabeth. And before we get into the movie for this week, I really want to go back to last week because I was going to ask Kelly if she ever had an imaginary friend. Don't look under the bed. One of the main characters is an imaginary friend. And I was going to ask Kelly if she ever had one. Because to my knowledge, I never had one. I remember asking my parents like a really long time ago and they said no. I f- and if I ever did, it was for like 20 minutes because I, I'm i sure I thought that that was like a thing that I'm supposed to have. And I was like, oh yeah, this is my imaginary friend. But, and then I probably forgot about it like 20 <laughs> minutes later. Yeah, well we talked about this after we stopped recording and we thought about turning it back on, but I decided that was too much effort. So sorry, you're going to get now. <laughs> so Elizabeth asked me and I have a kind of funny story about it. So basically my, I... I don't know, my mom has told me this story before where she asked me one time, like, oh, do you have an imaginary friend? And I said, yeah, her name's Ashley. And at some point, my mom asked me, like, oh, like, where's Ashley's family? And I said, they died in a fire. <laughs> and, like, I don't know if everyone knows this, but, like, apparently it's a thing that, like, some people think imaginary friends are, like, ghosts. Are just ghosts to yeah. little kids. So, like, I might have just had a ghost friend named Ashley whose family died in a fire. So that's kind of scary. Probably I, from like 1989 too, because Ashley is a is like a modern <laughs> name. Well, I don't know if like if that was like a real thing or if my like however old brain was just like saying stuff because I don't have any memory of that. But my mom <laughs> said that that's what I said. So apparently, my sister had one, but he had like a really weird name. So I don't think that he was a ghost. Yeah, I have no idea. But that's a fun little fact about last time that we forgot to include. Okay, so diving into this week, we watched. Horse Sense, which from the title, I'd never heard of it before. I thought it was about a horse girl. <laughs> no, but apparently there is a horse girl decom that we're going to have to watch. Really? I've never heard of it in my life. Because I was going to ask you if you knew a horse girl. Uh, definitely, yeah. Really? Think, yes. Oh my god, describe her. <laughs> there was one at my school. Actually, I was kind of friends with her, but she never like had horses or like rode them, really. She just really liked the movie Flicka. I loved Flicka. I was going to bring that up. <laughs> she really liked the movie Flicka, and she loved, like, the song Wild Horses. Yeah. Um, and sometimes she would, like, neigh around at recess, <laughs> but I I did not partake in that. See, I don't think, like, like, there was a girl in my class who, like, kind of was a horse girl, but she wasn't weird. She was just, like, an actual equestrian, like, an award-winning equestrian. Right. Um, but then there were also girls in my class who, like... They were never, like, specifically obsessed with horses, but, like, they put, like, their sweatshirt over their knees and, like, hopped around like that at recess. They never neighed, though, but they definitely had, like, all the qualities of a horse girl. Well, yeah, I mean, I... A horse girl is just universal. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I'm afraid that people think I'm a horse girl, because I was, like, weird at my grade school. I did, I was not a horse girl. I did not neigh I mean, like, I was kind of weird, but, too, like, but, like, I was, was definitely, I did not have the qualities of a horse girl. I don't know. People could argue that I did, probably, and that makes me insecure. So, anyway. One time you accused me of being a horse girl, like, for fun, and I'd never been more offended. But I don't remember doing that. I'm you sorry. did. Well, you're the one who said, well, you seem like the type of person to watch Grey's Anatomy. That's such a broad spectrum. Really? Is it yeah. really? Yes. Okay. My sister and my mom watch Grey's Anatomy. Okay. <laughs> I will not say anything on that anymore. Sorry if you watch Grey's Anatomy and you feel like you're offended uh, by what are what we're implying. I'm sorry. Okay, back to the movie. Horse Sense was released in 1999. In November 20th, 1999. This is the last one from really? 1999. No yeah. December? No December this year. Okay. Next year we get a Christmas movie. But <gasps> is it the ultimate Christmas present? Mm-hmm. Maybe. I think it might be Twas... 
the night. Oh, twi- oh I've heard of that. I've never yeah, seen it Yeah, I don't remember. But, so Horse Sense, I have heard of this. This stars the Lawrence Brothers. Who else? <laughs> Disney Channel famous. Right. So, like, I... I really didn't know, like, the Lawrence brothers until... Because, like, I knew, like, Matthew Lawrence, obviously, from Boyman's World. And then, um, like, Melissa and Joey came around. And it was like, Melissa Joan Hart and Joey Lawrence. I was like, who the fuck is Joey Lawrence? And so, like, I remember, like, kind of hearing about, like, the Lawrence brothers. But, like, I'd never known, like, why they are, like, the Lawrence brothers. Mm-hmm. So I looked them up. And, like, they... So, like, Joey Lawrence was in Blossom. Yep. We know that. Matthew Lawrence was in uh, Boy Meets World. But, like, mostly they just did, like, a bunch of, like, made-for-TV well, movies. Matthew Lawrence was also in Mrs. Doubtfire. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he was. But he, well, he makes a cameo in this movie, but he's not, we'll get like, to it. featured. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but mostly they just made, like, a bunch of, like, TV movies, or, like, made-for-TV movies. And whenever I, like, looked this up, there was an interview they did a few years ago that they were like, yeah, we pretty much, like, started the DCOMs. Like, DCOMs are famous because of us because we were in so many. <laughs> Well, I feel like that's mostly just um, Matt Andrew. Yeah, yeah, Andrew. Because he's in quite a few to come. He's also TJ in Reset. Or yeah. Andrew, yeah. TJ yeah. in Reset, I didn't know that. I did not know that either. Well, it was confusing at first because it didn't look like it was all of them. Like, at first I saw a movie and I was like, oh, he was just like TJ Yeah, probably time. just, yeah. But then I looked it up and he was, like, for pretty much the whole series, yeah. he was TJ. So. Uh, they also had, like, a short-lived show in the 90s called Brotherly Love. Yeah, where it's just, like, all <laughs> like of this them. One, yeah. yeah. I don't think it lasted very long. Yeah, but we will also see Andrew Lawrence in The Other Me which is a decom to come and jumping ship which let me tell you a story about jumping ship jumping ship is another lawrence brothers movie this time we get all of them as characters i didn't know that but it's a sequel to this movie it is yes oh my god i know because whenever i was going through their imdb pages i saw that in jumping ship they played the same character oh my god oh i can't wait yeah do they go on a ship they do (laughs) i remember jumping ship i have a fun story to tell about jumping ship but i will save that for that one so just wait till then um the only other person that's notable in this movie was the dad from even stevens makes like a two minute oh yeah i didn't even break him down but i have some other people we have leanne hunley um this is michael's mom She's in Seventh Heaven. She plays <laughs> Rachel Brew. She is Mrs. Camden's friend. And it's a really weird episode. She basically hits on Matt, which is, like, their youngest kid. Like, he's pretty cute. But still, she's, like, his mother's age. And she Ew. hits on him. It's, like, the storyline of this episode. Ew! It's really weird. Does she get, like, reported as a pedophile? No. But, like, well, I, I don't actually remember how it ends. But Matt, like, obviously doesn't let anything happen. It's just, like, okay, that's weird. I don't like it. Um, or is it, was it supposed to be, like, a lesson on, like, adults and boundaries? Uh, no, I think it was just, like, adults are the worst, maybe, was the point. I, <laughs> I don't know. Um, also, we have Robin Thomas, not to be confused with Rob Thomas. He, no. <laughs> he's Calabar, also, Oh, dad. yeah. I did not put two and two together. Yeah, I oh, I thought he looked kind of familiar, but I didn't, never looked into yeah, it. Yeah, and he will also be in Miracle in Lane 2, which I didn't know, so that, we'll see him again. He's got lots of repeats. And, um, the one who played, uh, what was her name? Arlene? Arlene, yeah. the housekeeper? Mm-hmm. I am not even gonna try to say her name, because I'm gonna say it so wrong, <laughs> but she was also in Seventh Heaven, and she played Principal Howard, who was the principal at, um, I think it was the younger kids' grade school, but maybe the older ones, so. We got two Seventh Heavens this time. Bam! <laughs> so. Alright, so, beginning with the movie. We open up on a bunch of cows. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then we see an egg crack in the pan. And country uh, music's playing in the background. Country music is playing. I'm going to break out the saxophone a lot. Oh, great. <laughs> uh, someone is cooking breakfast, and <laughs> then we see a boy whittling a stick. Oh, my God. Which, okay, I want to tell the story. <laughs> this immediately made me think of. Um, so I had this neighbor across the street. We kind of, uh, like, whenever we were younger, we'd always, like, play together just because we were in, like, close proximity uh they would like play with my siblings and one time I saw them uh like outside like kind of like squatting in the street and I go up and I'm like hey like you want to play or whatever uh I was maybe like I don't know nine or ten or something like that and they were a couple years older than me and they were like carving this stick into a very sharp point at the end <laughs> and I walk in I'm like hey like what's up and then they didn't answer me and I'm like you want you want to hang out or something <laughs> like you want to like play kickball I don't know and like they still like didn't answer me and I'm like hello and they still didn't answer me and then I literally just like turned around and ran away back inside I was so scared <laughs> wait these were like your neighbors yeah I mean like they're fine now I don't know what was wrong with them maybe they're just having a bad day but that's a memory that I think about sometimes right. maybe they had both jinxed each other and neither of them can talk could talk because you didn't say their names. And it was one person. Oh, maybe they couldn't talk because they were jinxed. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I haven't talked to them. In a, I see them now from time to time, but I haven't talked to them in a while. Yeah, I laughed when I first saw this scene because he was just sitting there carving. We find out mom <laughs> to find out that he's carving a whistle. Do you remember that episode of Drake and Josh where they got stuck in the bathroom and that guy, to pass time, carved a duck out of soap? No. <laughs> You know everything about Drake. Abby will know so what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I do not remember every episode and everything that happened. Drake and Josh, Josh is like my dad's favorite TV show. I know. I was going to bring that up last time because I remember you telling me that. I mean, I think it was more like either 24 or The West Wing, but like in terms of like kids television shows that we would watch, he loved Drake and Josh. The whole Dan Schneider uh, franchise. Which is, ugh, moving on. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's he's carving a whistle for Michael, and Michael is his cousin, and they bonded at the family reunion. We find this all out in the first two minutes of the movie. Right. His mom is like, Tommy, come on, you're going to miss the plane. Um, and then Tommy grabs his cowboy hat and his luggage, and they leave uh, for the airport. Well, as they're, like, walking downstairs, he's like, Mom, you sure it's okay that I'm going to be gone? Like, this is a lot of money, all this stuff. So even, like, from the beginning, we kind of get a little hint of, like, what's to come. Right. He's like, you know, there's a bunch of work to do. You can't do it by yourself. And, you know, we have money problems. They don't really go more into more detail than that. Mm-hmm. And, and Mom's just like, no, like, this is going to be a fun time. You're going to go have a good time. Yeah, it's going to be four days. And then Tommy says, Mom, what's it like in Beverly Hills? <laughs> <laughs> and then country boy going to the city. A big country boy with a city slicker. <laughs> Uh, so then we immediately cut to a video of a woman's lips saying, 12.15, wake up, 12.15. And it's so fucking creepy. It's horrible. It's his alarm clock, because apparently that was cool, that you were rich if you had an alarm clock. You had clock a video alarm that? clock, like fucking Xenon, but it's not yourself. It's like a woman's lips. But why Why would you want that? That he probably like jerks off to in the morning. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> Um, yeah, so he wakes up. Well, he smiles and he wakes up. Oh, I didn't realize. That <laughs> yeah, he, he smiled before he before he opened his eyes. I told you. Um, uh, he while walks. he wakes up, we see, like, the rest of his room. He has, like, this glass window wall. It has, like, these stained glass colors. And then he has yeah. weights in his room. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. 
he walks into the kitchen. He's wearing one of those like rich boy sweaters that's like tied oh, around yeah. the shoulders. It's tied around his neck for some reason. He's not. It's just tied around the shoulders. Like whenever you want to portray like a white rich boy, <laughs> and then we see this woman juicing grass. <laughs> It's not good. <laughs> it's literally like she like took grass from the lawn and then put it in a juicer. <laughs> and then she's like, I can't believe you eat this stuff. And he's like, that's healthy for you. Yeah. And so whenever he's in the kitchen, mom's like, hey, don't forget that you have to pick up Tommy um, from the airport, all this stuff. And he's like, what? Tommy's I ain't forget. I want to hang out with Gina. My, my new girlfriend. girlfriend. Her dad is a big Hollywood director. Yeah. Well, and okay, so at this point, I was like, oh, so he wants to be an actor. Like, that's why he's hanging out with Gina. But I guess that that's not exactly a thing. Yeah, I thought that was the whole, I just thought he was, like, self-centered. And he's like, her dad's going to get me in a movie. Well, yeah, that's what I thought, too. But I guess it was just because, like, he's rich and he likes to be around that. But he's also rich. I don't know. Um, and then we, re- we learn that his parents are going to a fundraiser later and that he has to kind of be, like, extra nice to his cousin because Tommy recently lost his father. Yeah. So then we cut to Michael is in class and he's talking to Gina about her dad and, um... About daddy. Mm. <laughs> is this when they start talking about Europe? Yeah, because, uh, summer is coming... Is this... No, they don't talk about this yet. But let's talk about how summer is coming up soon, and they're really excited. We learned that Michael got a D on his exam. Yeah, and well, then the teacher's like, some of you think it's already summer vacation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then outside of class, Gina gives him a present for their two-week anniversary. And it's a watch. Like, it's a watch. We are having yeah. a nice-ass watch. Yeah, so then he looks at the watch, and he's like, oh, no, I had to be at the airport a half hour ago. Yeah, so he goes to pick up Tommy, and Tommy's just, like, standing there waiting. Luckily, he didn't get kidnapped somehow. Right. Uh, in his, like, Porsche Porsche convertible, um, Gina calls him on the phone. It's like a flip phone, flip phone that's, like, on this little, like, stand in the car. He's on speaker, um, and that's when we learn that they're going to go to France or Europe at the same time. Well, and there's this whole thing, too, because uh, whenever Tommy gets in the car, he's, like, all excited, and he keeps trying to talk, but Michael keeps cutting him off and, like, saying things. And then Michael's not, thing. like, tr- intentionally trying to be mean. He's just, like, self-centered and doesn't realize yeah. it. Yeah, and so, like, at th- like in the very beginning, Tommy's already trying to give him the whistle because he's made this whistle for him, and before he can even, like, say anything, Michael just, like, takes over the conversation, so he kind of just, like, puts it back in his bag yeah. and just, like, waits, and he's like, oh, it's fine, I'll just, like, wait till later. So, yeah, they're talking on the phone. Um, Tommy tries to talk again, and then Michael shushes him. (laughs) And then he's like, oh, um, Gina wants to hang out for our two-week anniversary. Bitch. Yeah, and it's, um, what does somebody say? Somebody says he's only going to be there for a few days, or maybe I just wrote this. Like, he's only going to be there for four days, and he's like, I'm going to go hang out with my girlfriend for our two-week anniversary. Yeah, and this is after he had already promised to take him to Disneyland. (laughs) You know, he's like the whole time. He's like, oh, we're going to have so much fun together. I'm going to keep Disneyland. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And he's like, "Uh, hold on. I'm going to go hang out with my girlfriend. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I guess we cut to breakfast the next morning or dinner. He's eating with his Well, well, yeah, this this isn't the next day because they end up pulling into Michael's. We see, like, Michael's mansion from Mm -hmm. the outside. This is, like, after the car ride. Um, and then we cut to them, like, at dinner with Michael's parents. And that's when we learned that mom and dad are going to Palm Springs for this fundraiser. 
And uh, Michael takes Tommy up to the guest room where Tommy's going to stay. And he turns on uh, the video, like the TV. And he's like, oh, you can watch movies while I go like CG in well, for like 10 like minutes. it's like a home theater. Yeah. Like, it's this big ass TV that takes up the whole wall. But did you notice the movie that he turned on is Brink? I <laughs> yeah, I wrote that down. Um, yeah, so Tommy's just like, well, we don't have this out in Montana. Yeah, and then, like, there's a popcorn machine, and there's all this candy in the room, and so, basically, he's just, like, throwing him into this thing to distract him, so he can be like, I'm gonna go leave now. Yeah, so he leaves Tommy watching movies while he goes goes and sees Gina. Uh, So the next morning is when we see Arlene, the housekeeper, making Tommy breakfast, um, and then Michael, like, just gets home, I guess. I guess he was out all night. I don't yeah, really... Yeah, they don't ever explain that. It's <laughs> kind of weird. <laughs> uh, and he says he has to run errands without Tommy, but he promises he'll be back. Yeah, he's like, I'll be back quick. Like, don't even worry about it. So then we see this montage. Well, wait, also at this point, he says, uh, I'll stay if you want me to. And then Tommy, like, doesn't want to be a burden. So he's like, no, like, it's fine. He'll be back soon. Right. Or whatever. So he tells him he can go. But then we see this montage of Tommy just, like, kicking the ball by himself around the yard, playing tennis with the tennis ball shooter, uh, just, like, this montage. Yeah. And then, like, at night they show Michael, like, completely ignoring him and he's still on his flip phone. Yeah. Um, and during this time, Tommy is befriending Arlene because he's got nothing else to do. Right. So he makes the housekeeper breakfast, which is really nice, uh, a Montana breakfast. Oh, yeah. And he also teaches her how to lasso. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so the next morning, um, Arlene doesn't have his Michael's drink ready for him. And she's like, bitch, you have not spent any time with Tommy. Tommy came here to be with you, and you've just completely blown him off. Right. And she's like, and he leaves tomorrow. And Michael's like, what? Oh my god, that's oh, time is, that's time goodbye. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, so Michael is like, okay, Tommy, you and me, we're gonna go to Disneyland and we're gonna go to Knights of the Round Table, which I've seen from YouTubers' videos. Oh, I haven't. But also, whenever he goes up to Tommy at this point, Tommy's at first ignoring him because he's literally like just not done anything with him the entire time he's been here. Right. And he's like, you know, I'm sorry for that. I didn't realize how short you're gonna be here, like all this stuff. And he's like, yeah, we're gonna go to Disneyland, do all this stuff. It's gonna be so fun. And so Tommy's like, okay, like yeah, sure. Yeah, so they get in the car, and they're, like, finally on the way to Disneyland, but then Gina calls, and she's like, Michael, Daddy's here, he wants to meet you. Well, yeah, because apparently in their two-week relationship, he has yet to meet her parents at all, and so he keeps talking about how, like, he wants to, and... Oh, my God. So, Michael drops Tommy off at something called the Kitty Zone, which is basically just, like, a play place at a McDonald's, but, like, McDonald's is not there. Okay, yeah, it's just, like, um, a Like, tunnels. Yeah. And, like, a ball pit. Oh, you'll have so much fun here, like, whatever, and he, like, tries to drop him off. I have a story that I wanted to share during this. So, um, I am 12 years younger than my oldest brother, and so whenever I was, like, in kindergarten preschool age he was like in high school and so he had a gym membership and one time he wanted to go to the gym and hang out with his friends or something but I was too young to be left by myself and he um was babysitting me at the time and so he tried to take me to the gym because they had like a daycare place or whatever but you can only stay at the daycare if it's like your kid because I was his sister like they weren't gonna let me in so he tried to tell me like tell them that I'm your dad so that they'll (laughs) let you just like stay there or whatever but I was like a young kid and I didn't know what to do and I was really stress so I like didn't say it because they're like oh is that your dad and I'm just like looking at them like I have no idea what to do in this situation <laughs> so I 
did not end up going to that uh, daycare because I could not lie. Did you have to leave? Yeah, we had to, like, go back. I think he was probably mad at me. But Damn, also, George Washington over here. <laughs> I cannot tell could a lie. Could not tell a lie. Well, I couldn't back then. I can now. But <laughs> that's just what it reminded me of. So I thought I would share that fun little story. <laughs> All right. So Tommy is dropped off at this play place for toddlers, basically. He's yeah. 11 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Michael goes to the racetrack with Gina and her dad. Horse races. Hor- yeah, horse races. Uh, Michael tries to rush out, but they're like, no, you have to stay. And then whenever he finally makes it out, uh, he backs into this lady's car. Yeah, because he's not paying attention. He, he is the one. Like, he is the problem in all of these scenarios. Because <laughs> right. he chooses to stay longer, even though he could just be like, I need to go. But he didn't. Right, he would have just been like... Hey, I have my little cousin here. I cannot meet daddy. Yeah. Yeah, the entire time. So then he, like, gets out of the car. And, like, he's not outrightly, like, mad at this woman, but he kind of is. And he's just like, oh, And she's like, you weren't looking at where you were going and all this stuff. And he's like, well, there's a family emergency. And she's like, oh, like, is there? And she, like, starts, like, actually being caring. So he hands her, like, a piece of paper with his information He, like, seriously, like, scribbles down a bunch of stuff and hands her this information so he can go and pick up time. Yeah, and the lady is so nice. And she's like, okay, that's fine. Like, get to your family, all this stuff, because he's saying a family emergency (laughs) that he caused. Right. (laughs) Yeah, so... So Michael comes back to the kitty zone, but he can't find Tommy, so... There's a two-minute montage of him just, like, crawling around the tubes and, like, falling down It's, like, supposed to be funny, I guess. Yeah, but no. It's not funny. He finally finds an employee, and he's like, hey, where's Tommy? And they're like, oh, he called someone to pick him up. Right, so back at home, um... We realized that Arlene was the one who picked him up. Uh, Michael yells at Tommy for leaving the kitty zone, but Tommy is like, you've been blowing me off all fucking weekend. Yeah. And then Michael's like, oh, I was at the racetrack or the horse races. And Tommy's like, that's animal abuse. Yeah, he's like, even fucking worse, dude. <laughs> right, so the parents come home and Tommy immediately covers for Michael. He's like, now we had a great time at Disneyland or whatever. Um, Michael tells his dad, uh, he lies to his dad and say that his car got into a hit and run. Um, and the next day, Tommy walks downstairs with his luggage, uh, looking like a sad cowboy. (laughs) Yeah, and so the aunt and uncle are back, and they're going to take him to the airport. Something about Michael couldn't be there because he had, like, class or something. Yeah. He doesn't even say goodbye. (laughs) Right. And so... Um, at this point, they also say something about, like, oh, like, if Michael ever comes to Montana, I hope I can show him the same hospitality that he showed me. Right, meaning that Tommy wants to be a dick to Michael. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so... Uh, so later that night, Michael joins his parents for dinner, and it turns out that Tommy's mom called, uh, his parents and told them everything. Um, and then, so they're already mad at Michael for blowing off Tommy the whole time. And then at the same time, the police show up looking for Michael about a car accident and say that he gave the lady the completely wrong information, wrong phone number, wrong insurance, wrong everything. So dad is even more pissed about all of this. And then he says, it's as if you've lost any sense of responsibility. And I'm like, I don't think Michael had any responsibility before this. Like he clearly never had a job. If he had any sort of responsibility, he would not have done this. (laughs) He's obviously like a rich, like fucking privileged white boy. This is where we get into a lot of interesting family dynamics, in my opinion. So the mom is the one who is the sister of the mom of Tommy's mom. And so like, we don't really know how they were raised because we don't know if Tommy's dad was the one who like started the ranch stuff or all that but we don't know how they're raised because they do mention something about like we work really hard to try and give you a good life and you're just thinking that like you can do whatever you want right so i'm guessing that like uh 
like the two moms might not have had a lot. Like the like the Michael's mom is probably like from Montana. Like maybe yeah. not like on a ranch, but mm-hmm. like from Montana. And then she met like Michael's dad, and his dad might have been like I don't know, like probably like privileged, like a little bit has more money from the beginning, and then like went into like business or whatever, and then like made a lot of money. Right. Well, yeah, because they're just talking about how, like, he's irresponsible. So that's what I was thinking is interesting because, like, a lot of times parents talk about that, like, wanting to make a better life for their kids, and then they, like, end up being spoiled. So (laughs) I was just going to bring that up, bring that to the table. Uh, At this point, Dad also says that his European study tour might be canceled. Right, they're going to send... canceled. Right, okay, well, first of all, right, it might be canceled. It's not canceled yet, but they are going to send their 20-year-old to Europe by himself to study. Yeah, I put study in quotes, you can't see that, I forgot. But, oh my god. And so they talked, yeah, this is when they talked to him about how hard they work in life and how, like, he's so clueless about everything, like, all he cares about is himself. Um, And so he says, yeah, this is when he starts saying, like, I'll use, like, I'll use my trust fund and I will pay that woman, like, I'll fix the car and I'll do all this stuff, like, I will pay Tommy to fly back out here, we'll go to Disneyland, have such a fine time. And this is when dad gets, like, really, really mad because he's entirely missed the point. He's like, you can't just throw money at things and expect that to, like, solve your problems. Like, you have to actually own up to what you've done. And Right, it's like, it kind of goes, like, a little bit deeper than, like, most... Like, what you would expect from Disney. Right. You know, like a spoiled rich boy who just... Because, like, you could tell that, like, he didn't want to hurt Tom. He's just selfish and didn't realize. Like, no, he really is ignorant. Like, he just didn't know. Right. Like, he doesn't understand. Right. Whereas, like, if you were to see something like this on Disney nowadays, it'd be just like, oh, I'm a... I'm rich, and I don't care about anything. Yeah, but it would be, like, more of, like, a punchline instead of, like, a genuine thing. Right. Yeah. And so dad is like, you've missed, uh, he said, you're 20 years old. It's time for you to grow up. And I felt attacked by that personally. I mean, like, I do have a full-time job and, like, do the stuff. Well, you're more grown up than Michael, let's just say. Well, yeah, I'm two years older, so. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so then dad tells him that he's going to go help Aunt Jules at the ranch for the next month. For free. Yeah, and he says if he does anything wrong, then the trip is off. Right, any, like, if he, like, slacks off, or if he does, if he, like, does something that make them mad, and they call, then everything's off the table. Right. So, Michael flies to Montana, and he steps off the plane where he, <laughs> we went from, we went from sad cowboy to goth cowboy. Got rich goth cowboy. Rich goth cowboy. So his boots are black, and they've got, like, white flames. And they're, like, embroidered on. They're, right. like, very fancy. They've got, like, black leather pants, and then, like, a black and white, like, button-up where it's, like, black on the bottom, and then, like, white, like, across the chest yeah, and it ha- sleeves. Yeah, it's, like, a, like, a cowboy-type shirt. Right. And then he's wearing a leather jacket. Yeah. As he's getting off the plane, he puts on this cowboy hat, this black, the like, black bedazzled, cowboy hat. And then, who walks by but Matthew Lawrence? Yeah, well, they, like, bump shoulders, and Matthew Lawrence just kind of, like, looks at him. Like, gives him, like, a weird... Because, like, obviously, he does not look like he belongs there. Yeah, and he expects people to, like, pick up his bags, then he, like, goes and grabs them and thinks somebody's gonna grab them, and he's like, oh, well, uh, I guess I'll take these, and just, like, oh, clueless! Well, he... Well, also, like, the plane that he comes in, it's, like, one of those, like, tiny planes that, like, that, like, land on, like, lakes... Yeah, well, they're in the middle of nowhere, Montana, so I Right, because I, I wrote that, like, the airport looks like a train station. Yeah, I've ridden on a plane like that whenever we go to Kentucky to visit my brother. You ride, like, a little plane like that, so... Ooh, I never have. Oh, I've yeah. only been on a plane once in my life. Well, twice, technically, going there, going back. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The little ones don't scare me that much, but he is... Well, all planes scare me. <laughs> very, um... 
what was I going to say? Oh, he's not used to not being first class, probably, is what I was going to say. Uh, yeah, so then, uh, the mom is, the mom and Tommy pick him up, so then they're like, hold on, we have to stop into town first. So they stop into town, and Mecca's like, can I get a latte? And they're like, no. <laughs> she's like, there's no coffee shops around here, and he's like, what about a soda? And she's like, there's a diner. <laughs> well, and mom is, yeah, mom's like, I'm gonna go run this errand or whatever, and we don't really know what she's doing, but she's carrying something into, like, a bank area. Yeah, we can tell that it's a bank, and that, uh, Tommy is, like, watching his mom inside talking to this banker. Yeah, so we know that Tommy kind of knows more of what what's going on than Michael does, obviously. Right, because whenever the mom walks out, she opens the door and she gives Tommy, like, a slight, like, shake, like, no shake of the head. Yeah. Matt, Matt, what's his name, Michael? Michael. <laughs> Michael doesn't notice it. Uh, it's, like, really, like, really slight. Yeah, but you can see Tommy's face kind of, like, drop. Uh, yeah, he gets, like, disappointed about whatever it is. And so... So they, they pull into the ranch, and then Michael's like, oh, this is so big. And the mom's like, it's 500 head, which I don't know what that means. I was meant to look that up, but I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. Uh, Michael uh, is introduced to Mule and Twister. <laughs> yes, these are, like, um, like ranch hands, I guess yeah. you would call them. They just, like, work on the ranch and help And they immediately and make fun of his boots. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, so after he gets off the plane, everyone is, like, staring at him in his outfit the entire time. Right, I mean, like, <laughs> I feel like... If you, the only place you could wear that outfit is L.A. Like, even if you wore that, I don't know. Okay, even in L.A., I think you would get made fun of right. for wearing that outfit. Unless you were, like, I don't know, on one of the, like, a street performer. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know. They have this whole conversation about how he's wearing Italian boots, like, these designer boots. And they're like, you know you're going to get those messed up? Like, what are you doing? Right. Um, and then their dog, Max, growls at Michael. And then I said, honestly, same. Um, I read somewhere that if, like, animals have a bad feeling about a person, but they're, like, fine around everyone else, then you should trust their instinct. And I agree, honestly. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see uh, Tommy introduces Michael to the bunk beds where they're going to share. Yeah, they say that they're sharing a room. And you can tell that Michael's like, oh, God, here we go. But he doesn't, like, say anything outwardly because he knows that his trip is on the line. So right. he's trying to be on his best behavior. And while we're in Tommy's room, Michael uh, picks up a picture, and we see that it's Tommy and Michael. So we can already see that Tommy kind of values this relationship more than Michael does. Right. Um, so then we see Michael complaining to Gina on the phone outside. Uh, Tommy sneaks up, to, sneaks up on him, and he's like, hey, like, let me show you how to work the satellite. Um, so Tommy, like, turns on the TV, and he's like, this is how it works. Um, it's a much smaller TV than is what is in Michael's house. Right. And then Tommy goes, okay, well, I'm going to go to bed. And Michael's like, the sun is still up. And then, um... Tommy tells Michael, oh, well, you can stay up as late as you want watching TV. And we kind of know it's, like, a little mischievous at this point. Because the next morning at 4.30 a.m., Tommy wakes up Michael with a triangle. (laughs) That's the funniest thing. I don't, like, triangles. Where did you get the triangle? Like, the instrument, the triangle. (laughs) Well, and I've only ever seen people play the triangle just, like, dinging it on the side. Right. Well, it's, like, the joke in, like, sitcoms where, like, a kid... Like, an unmusically inclined kid joins band. What are you going to play? The triangle. Yeah, but he's, like, bringing the triangle, like, inside of On its three, like, all around its three sides. (laughs) And Michael's like, what are you doing? And he's like, it's time to wake up. We got to go do stuff. And he's like, uh, it's 4.30 a.m. I need some more sleep or whatever. And then he does it again. Like, he starts bringing the triangle. And then Michael gets all mad. And he's like, hey, I'm serious. I need more sleep. And then he's like, I know your dad's number. And, like, he's saying all this stuff about how he's going to call his dad. And he's like, I'm being blackmailed. By an 11-year-old. <laughs> but he gets up. 
So. so Michael goes down for breakfast. He is not appetized by the fresh farm food. I mean, in this case, I don't blame him because it is 4.30 in the morning. Right. And I would not be hungry either. I'm not so. hungry at 7 in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, he just decides he's just going to stick to... Well, first of all, he asks if they have turkey bacon. And they're like, no. And mom, like, mom's trying to be nice, this mom. She's aunt. like, maybe I can go find some yeah, in but town. But, like, Twister and Mule are there and they're, like, making fun like- of him. <laughs> and so he just sticks to coffee. And then Tommy mentions something about three-color paint, but we don't really know what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Tommy says that he'll teach him how to do something on the ranch while he goes and rides horses. Uh, and what he's got, and what Tommy has Michael do is shovel me, shovel manure from, in a pile, like, two feet from where it is. So he has to, like, like, there's this giant pile of manure, and then he has to take the pile and then, like, put it, like, ten feet over. Yeah, like, not even, like, five feet over. It's really dumb. (laughs) I don't know why they wouldn't just, like, put it there in the first place, because they had to, like, move it originally, so why not just, like, move it from the one spot to the other spot? Right, so Michael starts to move it with a wheelbarrow, and then all of a sudden this, like, mud appears out of nowhere that wasn't there before, (laughs) and he makes it really hard for Michael to shovel. He's grunting a lot. So he'd like shovel and move the wheelbarrow and then he falls down in the mud and then they're like, oh, you know, you could have used the tractor that's right there to pick up all the manure. Ha, he's ha, like, ha, 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 why didn't no one tell me? Ha ha ha, you had to do all, all this work for nothing. Yeah. Um, so then we see Tommy talking to Michael about their debt and what they might and what they're going to have to do. His, oh, yeah, is that what I said? You said Michael. Oh, Tommy's to the mom, to yeah. Mom on the porch. That's what I meant to say. And they're talking about, like, the debt and that they might have to go live with Uncle Hank for a while. Uh, they owe the bank a lot of money, and in four weeks, they're going to have to offer up their property if they aren't able to make their payments. And then they're like, we're not, we're just going to keep this between us. Uh, don't tell, like, Michael, I guess. Yeah. Because then Michael comes down, and he asks, what are you looking at? And then they say, God's painting, <laughs> a.k.a. the sunset. <laughs> well, okay. At least from what I've seen of YouTubers now, like, people in L.A. love the sunset, so I don't know what he's talking about, because it would be, like, a lot prettier out there, probably. Yeah. I wouldn't call it God's painting, though. Well, no, but, like, people (laughs) like sunsets. That's, like, a nice thing. I mean, yeah. (laughs) But if someone was like, what are you looking at? And they said, God's painting. It's Montana! I would expect that if I was in Montana. Sorry to any Montana listeners. Are you all conservative up there? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Um, okay, so then Michael, or not Michael, Tommy decides to get up and go to bed, and the mom starts talking to Michael, and he says that Tommy, or she says that Tommy and his dad started this treehouse, um, a few feet away before his dad got sick, but Tommy just hasn't had the time to finish it. Yeah, he, like, does little stuff here and there, but because he's, like, doing so much work as an 11-year-old, he doesn't have a lot of time to work on the treehouse. So, Mom starts to, like, kind of tell the story about their dad, but she turns around and Michael has already fallen asleep. Yeah. (laughs) So, the next day, uh, Tommy shows Michael his horse that he and his dad had saved. Uh, It was, like, a wild horse that they found, um, and it was, like, sick or something, so they decided to, like... um, uh, like, patch it up or make it better. Nurse it back to Nurse health. Nurse it back, that's what I was saying. Nurse it back yeah. to <laughs> patch it up. Um, and they tried to set it free, but it just kept coming back, so they decided to keep it. Right. 
and so they have to go ride the horses, and then they have to like spend the night away for some reason. That yeah, I don't understand. Yeah, obviously we are like more city people than we are country <laughs> folks, so we don't really. Get I'm it. yeah. <laughs> well, I've never had to herd cattle. Sorry. Well, I was gonna ask you this: Have you ever ridden a horse? I was gonna ask you that too. Oh um, actually, no. At sixth grade camp. We were supposed to ride horses. That's, like, a part of, like, what they do. But they were training police dogs at the time. And just, like, the presence of the dogs made the horses, like, really scared and jitterish. I'm really sad, though, that we couldn't watch, like, police dogs get trained. <laughs> Looking back, I'm like, if we couldn't ride horses, we could at least, like, got to play with the police dogs. <laughs> well, not play. They're, be- they're working. Well, watch the police dogs. But, no, I've never ridden a horse. I have ridden a horse a couple of times. So our parish picnic, we used to have like little like miniature horse rides. Yeah, we had like ponies there, but those like cost extra money, so we never. Yeah, well, we had they had that. Those were in the cemetery, which I feel is a little disrespectful (laughs) looking back. Ours was on our tiny basketball court. Yeah, I don't know about that, but they stopped doing that. So I'm pretty sure I probably rode one of them one time doing that, and then. I went to this lake with um, our friend from high school and her family, and they had, like, horse riding as one of the activities. It's not like Lake of the Ozarks. Ooh. Courtney. Oh. It's not like Lake of the Ozarks, but it has, like, all these activities, and that was one of them. So we were going on this, like, horseback riding, like, <laughs> adventure thing, and her grandma, like, scared me because she told this story about, like, if the horse is, like, peeing or pooping, you should, like, step up on, like, the little, like, thingies on the side so that you're not putting your weight on, like, the back of it while it's, like, trying to, like, pee or poop or something, and I was Wouldn't like... Wouldn't that help get it out? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. I'd never ridden a horse before. I was very stressed out, um, but it wasn't that bad. Like, I was really nervous, and, like, at first when we started going, I was like, oh my god, we're moving, we're moving. But then it was like, okay, it was fine. Yeah, if I if someone was just like, get up and ride the horse, I would have no idea what I was doing. I mean, they don't really teach you very much. They're just like, here, like, get on. And Looking back, I'm pretty sure that whenever my sister was in sixth grade and she went to the same camp I did, she was always like the smallest in her class throughout grade school. Uh, cause she got, gets up from my dad's side of the family and I'm pretty sure they had to give her like a miniature horse, like the only miniature horse or pony that was there while everyone else got real horses. Well, yeah, I was thinking about that and I don't remember how they got us onto the horses cause horses are <laughs> fucking tall. I don't know how I got onto the horse. I don't know if they had like a step stool or I've something. always been kind of scared though because of that scene in Flicka whenever she tries to tame it and then it hits her back and okay. she's in the bathtub <laughs> and then that giant bruise down her back. Do you remember that? No, but also you wouldn't be riding a wild horse. <laughs> Be a very the only thing I know about horses is from Flicka. <laughs> Tim McGraw. I don't know. So, yeah. So, so our, our knowledge of horses, but... Or um, just a couple of city slickers. So, they're talking about the horses, and then um, Tommy says that Michael is going to ride this one horse, and Michael doesn't like it because it looks sick and old and you, well, I mean, you can definitely see its ribs, and, like, if they're, like, you're going to ride that horse, I'd be a little wary about it, too, but I also... Pre- think like they probably know what they're talking about well, I, he's not like wary because he's afraid he's gonna hurt it he's just like that thing's gonna be slow he's just like I i'm a that. man i gotta go fast he's like i want that one and he picks this like big like this big black one yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's like oh what's that one named and well first of all tommy tries to warn him a little bit he's like oh well that one's like a little bit um like harder to tame like we call yeah. him black or whatever and so michael just like goes and gets yeah on and just back. gets on uh, and then, all, like, immediately, well, Michael, like, kicks him, like, the... Well, he tries to get him to go by, like, doing the reins, but he doesn't the, go. Yeah. yeah! So then he kicks him on the side, and then the, the horse, horse freaks out. It starts, like, bucking around wildly, like a like a mechanical bull. <laughs> yeah, and so it, like, throws Michael, Michael off of the horse, and then Tommy's like... No, oh. well, 
he throws Michael into the bull's pen. Well, we don't know this yet. Because oh. first they have this little conversation. Tommy's like, oh, I was going to tell you, he doesn't like to be kicked or something. And then he's like, do you call this horse something else? And they're like, lightning, which is like it's, a funny moment. That's <laughs> so dumb. Why would? <laughs> yeah, but then we realize that Michael is in the bullpen. Yeah, no. <laughs> the literal bullpen. Earlier they were like, oh, that bull is super mean. Don't mess with it. And we realize that Michael is in the fucking pen. And he literally almost fucking dies. Yeah, he like only climbs over as the bull is like put, trying like to put putting its horn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a moment, and Tommy's just like laughing the entire time. He literally almost died. I'm sure like people who like have bulls are like, no, he didn't. I, Everyone I who's listening to this, all the people, all the country people. Um, so, we cut to everyone herding cattle on their horses. Uh, we see Michael struggling a little bit. Everyone is ras- uh, lassoing and wrestling and branding the cattle. Yeah, I don't like that. It doesn't hurt them. Does it not? They no. Like that's like, Why do they... No, it's like a thing. I remember... I don't know why I've heard this so many times, but I've been I've been told many times. I've just watched a lot of movies about cattle, but branding doesn't do anything to the why cattle. Why do they cry when it hits them? I don't know. If it doesn't hurt them, why do they cry? <laughs> Apparently, they don't. It doesn't hurt them. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I didn't like watching it because they like because they don't want to be on the ground and then they like they're gonna it. die for meat anyway. Okay, well, they just like make this sound. I don't know. It's uncomfortable. I don't like to know these things because if I watch this movie that people tell me to watch, I probably wouldn't want to eat meat. But I can't live without me. I know. <laughs> so good. I'm not yeah, no, I refuse to watch any like like don't eat meat like. F- Meat is murder stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just don't want to know. Yeah, yeah. I get it, and also I'm just selfish and the worst, so that's that. Anyway, um. <laughs> so uh, we see them cooking dinner over a fire in, like, an open field, mm-hmm. and then Michael is super sore because he's been riding a horse all day and he's not used to it. Uh, he wants to go lay down, but he has to, like, unsaddle and brush the horse. And then Twister puts Michael on wolf watch because there's wolves on the loose. So he gives him a flashlight and jerky. And then he also tells him, like, don't make any, like, sudden movements or, like, loud noises or whatever because it's going to scare all, like, the horse and then all the cattle. Right. So Michael, uh, later that night, he's on his horse on wolf watch. He's calling Gina. Uh, Gina's talking to him. And then Michael looks up into the sky and sees a shooting star. And he's just so stunned. He's hypnotized by the beauty. By the beauty of the sky that he's not listening to Gina. Gina. He tries to say, like, oh, my God, like, you can see so many stars out here. Like, it's so nice. You can see these stars in the big city. Yeah. And she's just like, okay, anyway, back to me. But he's not listening. And then she's like, why aren't you listening to me? Oh, my God. Yeah. And so then... Okay, so she hangs up on him. This happens so fast. She hangs up on him and then immediately calls him back. And his phone rings and it wakes up the horse. And the horse, like, bucks him off because of, the, like, the, the sound that scared him. And then we see all of the cattle just, start like, start... Start stampede. Yeah, they start running. And so Michael tries to call 911. Yeah, then, okay, no. Well, he's running in a straight line, like, ahead of the cattle. And, like, I feel like if you were in stampede, you would run... The other way? If they were all running straight? I don't know the rules of stampede. I've never been in I don't know. <laughs> but also, like, the like the ambulance wouldn't be able to get to Right, he takes out his phone, and he dials 911, and they're like, what's your emergency? And he's like, stampede, stampede! And they're like, what the fuck? Yeah, and so then he, like, grabs onto this tree. Right, he, he like, jumps up, he jumps up and grabs a branch so that the stampede, like, runs underneath him. Yeah, so he just holds onto it while all of the animals run away, and then after they're, like, gone, we see, like, the entire family, like, go and look at him. Yeah, like, they what all. The fuck just happened. Yeah, they all ride up and they find his phone that was stampeded into the ground. And all of them are pissed. Right, because they lost all the cows. Yeah. 
Uh, so the next morning, um, Twister and Buell are like rounding up the last of the stray of the cows, and we, uh, Tommy tells Michael that he has to load all these poles into a truck. Um, so Michael starts loading all these poles. Well, and he tells him, if you want to just move, like, the truck, the keys are in the ignition, you can do that. And so Michael's like, I think I can handle it. He's like, I'm a man. Yeah. <laughs> so he starts loading all these poles into the truck and all this stuff. And then Mule comes over and he's like, hey, why are you loading those poles into a truck that doesn't work? And Michael's like, what? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, like, that truck hasn't worked for years. He was like, Tommy told me to load them into the truck. And he was like, well, there's a truck in the garage over there. Right. So we can clearly see that Tommy intentionally tricked him into loading them into the wrong truck. I mean, he is just Tom Sawyering him. He's not ever lying. Right. He tells him that the keys are in the ignition and you can move it if you want. And he does like this. I don't. He does something similar with the manure. So he's never like. Yeah. He just knows that Tommy is or he knows that Michael is the worst. So it won't matter. Uh, so then Michael uh, ends up coming up to, I guess, after he's done loading all the poles into the truck. He comes up to Tommy, he uh, starts yelling at him, but he's like, you know what, I'm like sick of you, I'm sick of all the stuff you've done to me, I don't care if you call my dad, because I'm just done. And then Tommy um, is like, I can't believe I used to wish you were my brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says, there's nothing about you I like or respect, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> and then Michael's like, you know, the only reason that we hung out at the family reunion, which is like kind of where like Tommy like got this relationship, for this like ideal relationship from Mm -hmm. is because like we were the only two like under 30 he says tommy was like nine i think Mm -hmm. so michael would have been 17 and everyone else was like over 30 so he was kind of like the only person they were like the only kids right and there was like nothing else to do yeah and he was just like i had nothing better to do like i didn't we're not friends or something and so you can tell that tommy is like very hurt by this and then... But uh, they end up both leaving in huffs. Well, Tommy says the iconic, I'll stay out of your way if you stay out of mine. <laughs> and then they both, like, leave. Never heard that before. <laughs> yeah. And so, for some reason, uh, Michael fell asleep on the car waiting for Twister. And then Twister is like, why are you sleeping? He's like, fix the fence. And then he, like, looks at the fence and, like, apparently all, like, the poles are broken. And he's like, that's gonna take, like, two months or something. And he's like, well, start working. And then Twister starts yelling him even more. And he's just like, I don't understand how you could be so careless. Like, you don't, this is your family. You don't care that they're about to, like, lose their house. Right, and this and is this, the, this is is the first time. time that he hears about it. And he's like, what do you mean? And they're like, they're going to lose their ranch. Like, they don't have any money. They owe the bank a lot of money, all this stuff. And this is the beginning of Michael's surprise transformation. Yeah. And so Didn't see like, this coming. He, like, actually cares that this is happening. Um, Michael's disappointed that he didn't know. Um, and then we cut to the appraiser from the bank is at the house. Michael isn't there yet, but Tommy and mom are there. Yeah, he's, like, cataloging all the items for auction. Yeah, and so they go to the cabinet that the TV is in, and earlier we found out that this was a wedding present from, uh, Tommy's dad's family. They, like, like, brought it over on the Oregon Trail or something during the gold rush. through the family for, like, a really long time. It's apparently, like, really, really nice. And the appraiser asks about it, and Mom says, yeah. And Tommy is, like, visibly upset by this, but Mom's like, we have to, like, do whatever we can. Right, and at this point, Michael comes in. He's like, who are they? But they don't answer. They still try to keep it from him. Right. So then we cut to Michael waking up in the middle of the night, And so he picks up a picture of his uncle that's, like, sitting by the bedside. And then he decides to go outside and ride lightning for some reason. I think he's trying to, like, tame lightning so he can, like, better ride him. 
I guess. I don't know why he wouldn't just, like, ride one of the other horses. I don't know. They don't ever explain this. Like, you can tell that this is, like, oh, character growth and stuff, but, like, yeah. why would you wake up in the middle of the night and decide to just go ride a horse? <laughs> I don't know. I've but, never done that, so I don't know. Yeah, and so Tommy wakes up, and he, like, looks out the window and see what's going on, and we can tell that he's kind of, like, okay, like, I'll, I'll see where this goes. Right. Well, okay, and so then we cut to Michael working on the fence, and I would just like to describe the scene that... <laughs> We see. So we see Michael. He's in a wife beater, jeans, a belt buckle, a tool belt, and a cowboy hat. And I've never been one to find, like, cowboys attractive (laughs) or whatever, but I will say this was very nice to look at. Okay, Joey Lawrence had muscles. (laughs) He was... Very many. Okay, like... like, Now Joey Lawrence is, like, bald. He's, like, like, not as cute, but, like... He also had, like, really, like, thick eyebrows that really worked for him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he has these muscles, and he's, like... I've also never side. been, like, a muscle person, either. Well, yeah, no, but for some reason, it kind but, of... Yeah, but, like, this scene in particular, <laughs> I'm like, huh, this is this is new. <laughs> yeah, so he's working on the fence. Uh, yeah, well, he we find, we see that he's, like, finished the whole fence. Yeah, and so, like, we can see him, like, look at it, and he's, like, he's like proud I'm proud, like, I made this whole fence myself. Yeah. And we he sees Tommy riding up to this, like, nearby bench, and he sits to, like... Look at the view of, like, the mountains and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, Michael apologizes again for being a dick. Um, and Tommy, like, lets him sit down so they can talk. They have a heart-to-heart about Tommy's dad. And Well, at this point, Tommy also says they let the three-color paint join. And I still don't know what that means. They're talking about the wild horses. They are? Yes. They're oh. talking about the horses. And they're saying that, like, um, there are these, like, I guess horses that were trying to like join the pack or something oh. and they were trying to figure out if the other wild horses were gonna like let that happen or not got it at least that's my interpretation <laughs> maybe i'm a city slicker and don't know anything <laughs> okay so because where they're sitting is where tommy and his dad used to go all the time there's this pack of wild horses that kind of like roams this area and they would just sit there and like watch the horses and they named them all and they like built this bench that they're sitting on so that tommy and his dad could like spend some time together yeah and so tommy's like naming all the horses talking about this experience and Michael's like, uh, oh, this is when Michael says, oh, free horses are better than a racetrack. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then Tommy says, dad said that wild horses were good luck, but then he says, I guess they're not because they're still like losing the ranch and all that stuff is like about to happen. Right. Michael finally asked Tommy directly about their money problems. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, times were tough with debt. Uh, you know, cattle, it's just like all the stuff that like came together. Cattle prices were going down. We had a bunch of doctor bills. And any potential buyers for the ranch are all going through the same thing they are. Mm-hmm. So they can't really, like, like sell it to a person who would, like, let them stay. Right. And then he says that they didn't tell Michael because they didn't think that he would care or that he would, like, understand it. And literally at this point, like, Michael can't fathom their money crisis that they're having, <laughs> <Yeah>. basically. <laughs> like, this 11-year-old can explain it to him, but he cannot understand it. Right. Um, and so the auction is next week. And Michael is leaving, but Michael's leaving the day after tomorrow for his vacation. Right. Well, and then at this point in the conversation, Tommy kind of storms off. He's like, no, you still don't care. Well, like, he's, he's like, vis- visibly angry. Yeah. I guess because, like, Michael can kind of, like, have anything he wants, but mm-hmm. Tommy and his family are going through all this, all these problems, and Michael, like, keeps trying to ask about it, but he's like, why are you asking? Like, you don't care. Well, and there's, like, a lot going on with him because he has just lost his dad. And he's, a, he's, like, he's an 11-year-old boy. Well, yeah, he's about to lose <laughs> his house. They have to move him with his uncle in a trailer. It's, like, right. a lot. 
lot that's going on. So we cut back. Michael is at the house. And well, <laughs> first Michael furiously rides his horse oh, through the field yeah. to get back to the house. I thought that was very funny. <laughs> <laughs> so he he's on the phone with his dad, and he's like, hey, did you know about this? And so dad already knew, but he said that he tried to, like, offer them money to help them. And he even offered them, like, for it to be a loan so he wasn't just, like, giving it to them. But he said that they're too proud and they don't want his money and, like, this whole thing. I don't know. He kind of seems, like, angry about it. It doesn't really... I mean, we learn later why they won't accept the money, but at this point, we still don't know. Yeah, um, and so Michael is, like, upset about this, too, because he's like, I don't know why they won't just take the money. Like, they work so hard. They do so much. Like, they deserve it. Right, and now Michael's kind of like, I'm determined to help them save this ranch. Right. So the next day, Michael is telling Twister that they should all start a pyramid scheme. Yeah, he's explaining (laughs) pyramid schemes to Twister, and he's like, yeah, let's do it. And Twister's like... He's like, we're going to make so much money. Twister's like, that's not going to work. He's like, that's literally illegal. He's going to say that. He's like, that's not going to work with the people around here. And then he's also like, that also doesn't sound legal. (laughs) And then Twister's, you know, like, nothing's going to work because they're too proud and it happens to ranchers and farmers. He's kind of explaining, like, this is just, like, the cycle of life. This is how it happens. Well, yeah, and he's saying that, like, there are even people in town. Well, he says people in town don't have money, but if they did, they would try and offer it to them, but they wouldn't take it because, again, like, the pride. Right. So later that day, uh, Mom and Tommy are about to go to Uncle Hank's for dinner. Um, Tommy is working on the treehouse before they leave, but Michael uh, decides to stay behind while Mom and Tommy go for dinner. Well, and Mom also makes a comment about how, like, he's really trying to finish up the treehouse before they have to leave. And so they leave, and Michael gets this idea, and he's like, you know, I'm going to try and help out, and I'm going to finish the treehouse. He finishes the treehouse in, like, under two fucking hours. Well, yeah, it's still light when they get back, even though it was, like, sunset when they left. Right. (laughs) It doesn't make sense. He, like, for a guy who just learned how to, like, build stuff... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make sense because, no, it wouldn't happen. But he finishes the treehouse, basically. Just in time for Mom and Tommy to come back. Yeah, and so, like, we can see that Mom, like, sees everything, and she's like, oh, wow. But Michael goes up, and he, or Tommy goes up, and he is freaking out. He's like, no, that was before, like, for me and my dad, we were supposed to work on it together. And he starts going up the stairs and, like, kicking walls and, like, kicking him off. Yeah. Because he's, like, really upset because, again, like, he lost his dad. This was, like, their thing. And right. and Michael, Michael was trying to do a good thing. Yeah, he was trying to do a good thing, but his intentions weren't there because he's never, like, gone through this kind of grief before. And, yeah, we can tell that, like, obviously he didn't mean any harm. Yeah. He just didn't understand. Yeah, and again, like, Michael is, like, kind of disappointed because he's like, I did this good thing. Right. he's, like, not being rewarded for it because it, yeah. Because he he just doesn't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, So, yeah, we cut to Michael talking to Gina on the phone. He talks about the ranch and, like, how he wants to help, but she can only talk about the trip, and she's like, oh, by the way, like, Daddy bought a racehorse. Yeah. <laughs> and Michael's like, oh. Well, he's like, why? And he's like, and she's like, I don't know, I guess because he wanted one. And then she says, okay, I have to hang up soon. My friend is about to go out with Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, but I don't know, I think he's so five minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> like, girl, Leo DiCaprio has not gone out of style. It's been two years since Titanic, so. <laughs> yeah, like, bitch, come on. <laughs> You're going to choose Joey Lawrence over Leonardo. No offense, Joey Lawrence. Um, and then she, he mentions that uh, he has to go to bed to wake up early, and she's like, 
ew, you waking up early? <laughs> I sound like Jimmy Fallon. Well, yeah. It's just like, you working and waking up early? What's that about? And he, he like, starts to, like, try and describe it, like, just, like, start a conversation. He's like, no, like, I kind of like it. Like, you know, it's nice to, like, work, work with my hands or whatever. And then she's like, okay, about France. Yeah, and, yeah. And then she's like, oh, it's, like, white beaches. And, like, I don't know how all the beaches are in France, but I went to one beach in France, and it was covered in rocks, and it was very painful. <laughs> I cannot contribute what's not there. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so then the next day, Michael, uh, climbs up on a hay tower, <laughs> and he sees, uh, the wild horses, and he starts naming them, uh, the names that Tommy told him. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of a sudden, Tommy rides up on a horse, and he's like, where's Swister, where's Swister? And we learned that the horse that, uh, his dad had named Tommy Boy after Tommy is stuck, and he is in trouble, and they have to go help him. Yeah, and they said, like, if they don't help him, he's going to die, because, like, he'll freak out, because that's what horses do, apparently. I don't know. I don't know. I know horses are, like, skittish, but I I don't know if that's a thing, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) So they, like, get on the horse, and they go over to him, and he, so Tommy Boy, the horse, is, like, stuck in, like, this mud pile Yeah, like a mud pit. Yeah, so he's, like, laying down, like, on his legs, like, I guess, I think that's just how horses lay. I don't know. But he's, like, stuck in the mud, and so um, Tommy tries to, like, lasso his neck, but he, like, climbs through the mud, and he's, like, trying to, like, get him. And then we spend, like, five minutes watching Tommy trying to calm down the horse. Yeah, and he's like, it's it's okay, it's okay, boy, it's okay. Literally, it's five minutes of that. It is so long. The whole time, he's like, it's okay, it's okay, don't be scared. montage of Tommy calling the horse. Of calming the horse and looking distressed. <laughs> it's so long. Uh, yeah, so then they tie the rope around uh, Tommy Boy's neck. And then they tie that rope to the other horse. To the, yeah, to the other horse that Tommy was riding so that the one horse can pull Tommy Boy out. So then they get Tommy Boy, they unlasso him, and Tommy Boy runs off into the wild. Yeah. And, and they save him. Yeah, it's great. So they ride back and they're like laughing and they're like they're covered a good time in mud because they like save this horse. It's great. And so Mama's like, "Hey, where have you guys been? Like, you have five minutes before you need to leave." <laughs> and so Michael apologizes as he gets all his stuff together and leaves or to get ready to leave. Mom and Michael drive off, and then Tommy rides up while they're in the truck to leave. Yeah, they're driving off, like, obviously, like, on this dirt road, and then all of a sudden, they see Tommy, like, ride, giddy up, riding his horse behind him in the rearview mirror. Yeah, and so he hands Michael the whistle that he made for him, and he's like, oh, like, is this the one for the reunion? He's like, no, I made a new one for you. (laughs) So now Michael has two hand-whittled whistles (laughs) from Tommy. Uh, and then they start to drive again, and Tommy follows for another, like, five minutes until he <laughs> turns around and goes back. Yeah. So then, uh... We, we cut to... Michael is at the racetrack again, and he's watching the horse race, and we can kind of see this time he's, like, visibly upset about, like, watching it, because we see him, like, seeing the horses getting whipped over and over again. Yeah, he's with Gina and her dad, and they're obviously betting on the horse that Gina's dad had just bought. Yeah, and so this horse that he just bought wins, and they're, like, all excited, so they go to take pictures with the horse, but as they're doing that, I guess, like, the flash or something, like, freaks the horse out, and it, like, it, like, uh, bucks back, and it bucks the rider off of it and starts like freaking out and they're all like call a professional call a professional but michael in his month of horse training yeah, decides, decides, to walk over. decides to go up himself and calm down the horse yeah and all of them are like hey michael don't fucking do that and he's like no no, no it's okay he's like no i got it's it okay. i got it he just said like the same thing tommy did which like i don't know that that works on all horses and also right. you're not also, okay yeah right like wild horses it. are definitely different than racetrack horses i yeah it's but he calms But he the gets horse. it anyway. Yeah, he calms the horse, and it's like, oh, wow. And they're like, oh, my God, Michael. 
<laughs> so then we cut to Michael's house, um, and Arlene says that Gina and her dad are, are there for the trip. Michael carries his stuff outside. Uh, the chauffeur offers to pick Michael's luggage, but he's like, no, no. I got it. Yeah, they show up in a well, limo. Yeah, well, before that, he, like, thanks Arlene for, like, everything she's done with, to, like, she's very surprised by. Yeah. Because she's like, I thought you were just, like, a selfish dick. <laughs> but he was. <laughs> uh, um, so then, yeah, he's like, uh, no, that's okay, I can do it, or whatever. And she's like, that's what we pay him for. And he's like, no, it's fine. And that's when he decides to tell them that he's not going. He's going to go back to Montana well, and help he his says, family. He tells Gina, he's like, I'm not going. There's something more important that I have to do. And then we see there's, like, this montage of Michael, like, sell, selling his, like, big fancy car and, like, liquidating his trust fund assets. Yeah, this is when we see that even Steven's dad, he's like, you do realize that, like, if you do this, you're going to lose some of, like, the money that it would have had or something. And he's like, yeah. He's like, like yeah, that's what it. liquidating my assets means. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, then we cut to Tommy and his mom packing up everything, but then Michael shows up and he's like, it's time to unpack, everyone! I'm here to save the day! Yeah, and so he hands the mom a check, even though everyone has told them they are not like, gonna yeah. take his money, and he's, he's like, no, it's not just taking the money, this is an investment, and the right. mom is like, no, like, you're not gonna get anything back on this, we haven't been able to make money on the ranch, we haven't been able to make the payments, all Right, this and this is, this is where, like, mom finally just, like, says why they won't take any money it's because any money that they have put into it in the past few years they've just lost and that's why they're in so much debt she's like any money that anyone gives us we're just gonna lose it Mm -hmm. and so michael like asks her he's like begging her to take the money but she's still like saying no she's like Um, no like i don't want to make another bad money investment and she says that he's coming from the right place like she appreciates what he's doing but she's also like i'm not gonna do that she says that they'll be fine no matter what so then the next day we cut to the auction and Michael is carrying this trunk with uh, Tommy and they're like, Tommy's like, oh, this has my old school stuff in it. They open it up and they see that he got an A plus on a paper. And then Michael's like, oh, wow, the last paper I got, I got a D on. And so then Tommy's <laughs> like, oh, what class was that? And he was like, oh, and then he has a state class, a sudden realization, like, of like, imagine like that's a raven having a vision. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so he just like looks off and he's like, wait. I know something, but he got a D on the paper, so Rhett doesn't yeah. really know. <laughs> so, okay, anyway, he rushes inside to call his dad, and he's like, Dad, I need you to find that assignment that I had apparently kept for a month that I got a D on. Yeah. Um, and he's like, read what read to me what I said about land trust, which is probably wrong, because he got a D. Exactly. Um, so then Michael runs out, and he's trying to, like, get in the truck to, like, go somewhere real fast, but all these cars keep coming in for the auction, so he decides he's going to go take a horse. Take lightning, the horse. Yes. So he gets on lightning's back, and he goes off, and everyone's like, into town. But, like, they don't ask him because they're busy. Right. So he ends up going into town, and he goes to the bank and meters his horse, at, which I'm sure has, has been done before. Yeah. Uh, so he tells the banker, he's like, hey, you know, every ranch that you guys have foreclosed are still for sale, but this ranch meets the criteria for a land trust. Mm-hmm. And the banker says, I'll think about it. Yeah, well, so basically he's just saying that, like, if they don't, because, like, they're losing money from having, like, taken the that land and it not being bought back. I don't really know what a land trust is, but... Well, yeah, well, then Michael comes back in the middle of the armoire... Armoire? Yeah. <laughs> auction. Armoire. And then he just, like, grabs the mic, and he's like, hey, everybody, auction over. Uh, 
you're gonna have to, you'll get your money back, we're gonna take everything back. Yeah, and so mom comes over and she's pissed. She's like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, stop doing this. And Michael tells them about the 30-day extension that they got from the bank. So it's not confirmed yet that they have this land trust, but they're gonna get a 30-day extension while they try and see um, if they will get the land trust. And Michael thinks that they will because they meet all the criteria because somehow he suddenly knows things about real estate. Okay, so. got a D on the paper. Yeah, so the thing is, is their land supports wild horses, uh, the wild horses that we saw earlier. Mm-hmm. And a land trust ensures those wild horses a home and protection of wild animals and their habitat. So if the land trust is accepted during these 30 days, then their debt is forgiven and then and the family is paid to live and manage the land. Mm-hmm. And he says that they'll no longer uh, own it, but they can stay there and right. take care of everything. Look at the hate for it. Um, and so Michael asks if he can stay to make sure that the trust goes through. And they're like, yeah, like, sure. Yay. And so Tommy asks Michael if he wants to help him work on the treehouse. So there's, like, character growth. And they work on the treehouse. And then we pan out. And that's when the movie ends. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Yay. They Yay. get to their land. It was reminiscent of Susie Q and, like, the race to the end of, like, trying to get them to, like, not lose everything. <laughs> and how it, ha- it was so long, <laughs> the race. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. <laughs> I... They shouldn't have made him get a D on his paper. I get that right. they had to, but, like, it wouldn't have worked out that way. If he got a D on his paper, he obviously didn't it, get Yeah, it. like, it obviously would not have been right, whatever he said. Well, and, like, what is Maybe it's, like, his only specialty is land trust. That's, like, that's the only thing I come from getting an F was his knowledge on land trust. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's the end. Yeah, it just ends with them on the treehouse. Oh, I know you know this in Drake and Josh, whenever they built the treehouse, and then Drake, instead of carving the door with a saw, he just drew it with magic markers. Whenever they're doing the treehouse, all I can ever think about when I see treehouses is Drake and Josh. <laughs> yeah. Drake is so stupid. That is very true. Uh, do you have a favorite quote? Um, my favorite quote was, we have VCRs in Montana, because uh, uh, whenever he goes to visit them in Beverly Hills, Michael is like, hey, do you know how to work this? And Tommy's like, yeah, I know how to work it. <laughs> uh, mine <laughs> was sassy. mine was whenever um, Michael first learns he has to fix the fence, and whenever Twister first tells him, um, well, Twister first starts talking to him, and he's like, uh, you know, you're, cause Michael was like very disappointed about like having to like build the whole fence by myself. And Twister's like, you know, like you're just like Tommy said you were like selfish and don't know how to do anything. And then Michael says, I'm guessing I'm just a city boy who doesn't really fit in. <laughs> I don't fit in. I'm weird. <laughs> How many times will we reference Rick and Rick on this podcast? Too many. So how did you rate and rank this? Um, I gave this a two out of five, and I put it under under wraps and above pa- paper brigade. <laughs> I gave this a 2.5 out of five. I put it below Suzy Q. I put this at 11, below Suzy Q and above the 13th year. Um, I liked this more than I thought I was going to whenever <laughs> I saw that the horse, horse sense was what we were watching next. I was like, oh, no. But it was okay. It was fine. Like, it wasn't that bad. Obviously, yeah, it wasn't. We watched worse ones. It wasn't you, lucky dog. No, it was not. <laughs> or can of worms. But yeah, and like I again, I feel like this had like a better theme. Like obviously they did it very fast, and like it's a movie, so it's not logical or like it wouldn't actually happen. But it was still kind of nice. Yeah. So that's it. Next week we are watching Up, Up and Away. Oh, I remember. That's about the superhero family, right? Yeah, it is. I've never actually seen it, but oh, I've yeah, seen commercials. Actually, it's 
kind of similar to Sky High, but we'll get to that next time. Ooh, so. we got to do a comparison and contrast. It's going to be so fun. <laughs> Bye. Bye.